Toxins, toxins, toxins. It's everywhere and it affects our health. And this is why I wanted to do this episode. But this episode is actually a compilation of all the previous episodes that I've done on detoxification and talking about the effects of environmental pollutants. Now, this is a long one, guys. It's probably, I want to say, a little over an hour and a half worth of material uh, because it's about, I, I think, three or four different podcast episodes that I've done in the past that I've just chopped up. I just put in the meat of those episodes and I've compiled it all into one. And there's a few reasons why I did that. Is One, because this is a lot of uh, questions that you guys have asked me about different types of um, issues or surrounding toxins and detoxification. Uh, so it just made it a little bit easier to just compile it all into one place. So here you have it in this episode. You get to hear all of the things where I talk about the ubiquitous nature of toxins, um, how to detoxify, and uh, why you need to detoxify. So enjoy. Oh, 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 oh. hold up, hold up. I lied. Uh, I forgot to do one uh, one thing that, that I said I was going to do. I was going to read the five-star reviews, and I totally skipped my mind. So this one is coming from Hannah. Hannah uh, gave us a five-star review and wrote, Dr. Mike is the best. This podcast is super informative and has something for everyone in here. He has so much knowledge in natural healing and health. Thanks, Dr. Mike. Well, thank you, Hannah, again for that amazing five-star review. If you guys feel so inclined, please leave us a five-star review either through the app and you can go through your um, the iTunes app. And I also think um, Google Play has one and Stitcher has one. Um, or if you just go to uh, the, our, the website and uh, you can actually, if you're listening it on the website right now, and you can actually, when you click on the button, there'll be a little purple little button that'll say leave us a review that would be awesome and we'd love to feature your neck yours five-star review on the next show and not much has been in the news so i'm gonna skip that section for now because it's so long this episode so sit back relax take some notes you may have to go back and forth on this because like i said it's jam-packed full of information so ready set five four three two one go Okay, well, I was I was born and raised in Hawaii and grew up in the beautiful state, the 50th state. And um, I went to college in Oregon. And my, my whole goal in going to college was I actually wanted to become a physical therapist because I wanted to be involved with sports medicine. And um, I kind of had a shift in my direction and into to what I wanted, really wanted to do. Um, about my junior year in college, my grandmother passed away from, um, she had kidney failure, but she passed away of a heart attack. And she had been on dialysis for six or seven years. And during that time when I was in college, when she passed away, I was involved with uh, biomedical research at Oregon Health Science University in uh, the cardiology department. And I, I really took another look at what we were doing in, in our society as far as healthcare, mm -hmm. and it, it really, it was really a, a you know a, 
a negative thing for me to see my grandmother pass away at the age of 61. That's so um, young. I yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, she was 61 years old. And you tack on, you know, those six or seven years being basically incapacitated and being strapped to a dialysis machine, you know, every other day. Yeah. And I, I saw that our health care system really wasn't doing anything to improve the quality of life. We were extending life, you know, granted, but the quality of life wasn't there. And one of my mentors and a couple of my friends kept mentioning to me, maybe I should look into, you know, something else. Maybe I should look into an alternative field. And, and uh, they kept mentioning chiropractic. So I went to chiropractic school, and and I really didn't know what chiropractic was about. Was about. I know I thought, you know, neck pain, back pain, and all that that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think that's what most of us think. <laughs> right. You know, you got, you got a headache, you got a back, you go, go to a chiropractor. And it wasn't until I was about a year and a half into to the program where I suffered from, you know, a, a shoulder injury that wasn't really injured. I couldn't use my, my arm. It was really difficult for me to use my arm. Almost, It was almost paralyzed. And, you know, tons and tons of doctors, they were trying to treat me, you know, x-rays and all that kind of stuff. And nobody could really figure out what was going on until another doctor came. And he took a look at me. We, we ran a bunch of tests and did all those things. He gave me the proper nutrients. He gave me uh, a proper chiropractic adjustment. We worked on different things in the emotional aspect. And within 24 hours, I was able to reuse my arm. And wow. I called them up the next day and I said, what did you do? How did you do that? And how do I learn that? Fantastic. That, you know, you fast forward a couple of years from there and traveling all around the country and learning all these different things. And here I am today, you know, um, looking looking at the healthcare aspect from more from a functional perspective rather than rather than, you know, treating neck pain and back pain or what we call the chiropractic aspirin. So you're really, you've taken it beyond chiropractic? or yeah. ha- So you've, you've studied um, outside of that field, Ben, to look at the body as a whole unit more? Yeah, it, it, it's actually getting back to the roots of how chiropractic was founded. Oh. And, uh, when, when chiropractic was first founded in 1895, that, that basis, you know, it was... Uh, getting back to what healthcare was, you know, how Hippocrates looked at the body, you know, using food as medicine, you know, looking at the other aspects of life, you know, toxins, looking at how emotions affect our body, all these things rather than it being all segregated. Because that's what we're seeing nowadays in our healthcare system is segregation. You know, if if you got, you know, a tummy ache, you go and see a gastroenterologist, you got, you know, neck um, headaches and all that stuff, you see a neurologist. But yeah. everything is attached in your body. Yeah. One thing always affects another thing. Oh, so, it's just, I just resonate with that so much because really yeah. my, my 30 years of, you know, study has been, or it always keeps coming back to that, like um, really and truly. That's why I enjoyed your site, which I'll mention it right now. Your website is akdocmike.com. And it's A-K-D-O-C-M-I-K-E dot com so that people can go and check that out even while they're listening. And um, that's great. So so this is how you got into chiropractic. And, yeah, that's exactly. And got, yeah, almost by accident in, in some ways, but also because you had an experience that really made a difference and also because of your grandmother. 
Yes. So today's topic is why are toxins so bad for our bodies? And um, so why are they? <laughs> well, when, whenever we think of um, toxins in our environment, everybody's thinking about you know plutonium and, and um, waste dumps and and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's more of a, a subtle subtle poisoning that's that's going on. And I read this one book, and it says that the there's an EPA study that looked at uh, toxic exposure, and, and in 1998, I think, yeah, 1998, they uh, they said that over 1.2 billion pounds of toxins were dumped into our environment. Mm. You know, and that's it, not really regulated, and we see that that kind of stuff going on all the time. But the toxins that we're we're talking about is not frank poisoning. It's it's a slow accumulation over time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things that uh, I think is hitting the news right now is uh, plastics in our in our society. Exactly. You know, leaching bisphenol A, and I know a lot of mothers, especially my wife, you know, they're concerned about giving their babies plastic bottles because it's giving off bisphenol A, which is causing a lot of endocrine disruption. That's right. And and it's not really a frank poisoning; it's the slow accumulation because you're. Our bodies really don't have that uh, the proper mechanisms to detoxify these man-made chemicals. Exactly. So what happens over time is that you have this accumulation. It's kind of like you never ever clean out your house, and you just keep storing stuff, storing stuff. And over time, your house is going to get full. Things are going to be, you know, spilling out into into the garage and into, into the streets. And that's basically what's happening. And that's why we're seeing a shift in. Um, the kinds of diseases that's affecting our society and our world um, from infectious diseases to chronic degenerative diseases. And the, the, the healthcare system that we have right now is not designed to treat that. You know, we're, it's designed to treat emergent, um, emergent things that are happening. Right. Not necessarily chronic, chronic diseases. No, because they just give you more um, actual poisoning by adding more and more and more drugs into the body. So then your body has to start trying to eliminate that when they're already dealing with other things unless it's um unless it's an emergency or like you you know in certain cases of course medications are needed but um in general people um if they go to a doctor they don't learn about nutrition that's for sure right no um not the the, the common medical doctor right um, there is right. there is a movement you know going on right now where a lot of medical doctors are kind of taking taking that approach into functional medicine. That's great. Which is a good thing, but yeah. uh, I hope it doesn't go the route where medicine has gone now. Exactly. Yeah, and which is money and uh, yeah. and greed. <laughs> Driven by that. Yeah, unfortunately. So with with um, with these toxins that we're getting, so you're even uh, you would be even including junk food and uh, medications and um, airborne um, or or in our plastics or um, are there other examples that that you that you can think of? You know, one of the biggest ones that I, I think I don't think a lot of people think about is pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, pesticides account for about seventy seventy percent of the the endocrine damage in our society. Really? Um, oh my you know, goodness! Pesticide, yeah, pesticides really didn't come about into worldwide exposure until after World War II. Um, it was being experimented, you know, in the early 
actually late 1800s, early 1900s, and then they found that they could use uh, pesticides for chemical warfare and, and all this other stuff. Uh, and then the, the agriculture business, you know, found that they could, one, control uh, the growth of different weeds and, and, and invading organisms. But on the flip side of it, they really didn't know what these pesticides were doing to our endocrine system. So can you explain the endocrine system for the listeners? Because I have an idea, um, but many people might not know exactly what that entails. So uh, basically, your endocrine system uh, is is anything that involves hormones, um, something where an organ is secreting a a hormonal product, um, say like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, even another another endocrine organ would be like your your pancreas, which I know a lot of people suffer from diabetes. Right, right. And all that kind of stuff. So this influences with, a lot of areas of our life. Oh, yeah. Your hormonal system controls almost everything that you, that happens in your body. You know, anything from growth, you know, your, your brain secretes um, human growth hormone to, you know, your moods like, you know, with serotonin secretion and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And almost every single disease out there is hormonally related. And, you know, you look at the, the top 10 leading causes of death in the world, um, they're all chronic degenerative diseases, but almost all of them are hormonal related in some aspect. And what happens with pesticides is they act as endocrine mimickers. So what they do is they, they pose as a fake hormone. And the way the hormones work is they work in like this lock and key mechanism where the hormone is like the key and it fits into like a little lock and it activates some type of mechanism within the cell, which the cell makes all these other things. But if there's something occupying the lock already, the key can't get in. Mm. So you have all these pesticides occupying these these sites and the, the hormones, they don't work properly. So it signals back to the central nervous system and says, "Hey, you, you don't have to. You don't either. You don't have to make enough, or you have to make more." So we see this, especially in women. We see this huge, huge imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. And you, you look at um, um, the rise in breast cancers, right? Um, you know, around around the world. You know, it's it. I, I wrote a an article today about cancer awareness because today is Lance Armstrong Day, you know, Live Strong Day. Right. Cancer awareness. And um, I said something in there where, you know, did we evolve differently or is the world that we're living in different? That's a really good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, why has all this changed? Because if you go back 100, 150 years ago, you can rarely find, you know, traces of cancer like there is today. That's right. Even 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 a few years ago. Well, it seems to have just really, really skyrocketed in, in, yeah. in the last few years even. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, what's different today mm-hmm. than 100, you know, even 50 years ago? Well, the difference today is, you know, the, the world that we live in. You know, we live in a fast-paced, easy-access to um, um, nutrient-devoid foods. And what's different today than 100, you know, even 50 years ago? 
Well, the difference today is, you know, the, the world that we live in. You know, we live in a fast-paced, easy-accessed, uh, nutrient-devoid foods and toxins everywhere. You know, you look at the, the houses that you live in, you know, um, you have all these volatile organic compounds off-gassing, you know, from your carpets to your, the paint that you use to the couch that you're lying on. You, you can't avoid it. I mean, you can't avoid being exposed to these toxins, no matter where you go. Now, the EPA did studies where they had to drill a mile down in the Arctic into the ice to find toxin-free ice. Really? I didn't know that. A mile down. You know, they went and they biopsy tissues from people living in, in Iceland and um, the Inuits and all these different you know, tribal cultures where you didn't think that they were being exposed and they had high levels of DDTs and, and, and dioxins. That is so sad. Yeah, they don't even use that that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Woo. So <laughs> this is getting a little depressing, but um, <laughs> I think that awareness is is the first key. Yeah. And you know, because for me, I put a lot of emphasis on the nutrition part, but you know, I don't always think as deeply about all the other areas. But do you first, like, okay, you've talked about what can happen even as far as cancer goes, which I'd like to do a whole other call even maybe just on that with you sometime. But what other symptoms can people maybe be having and just ordinary symptoms that could even be related to this that you that, that you might come across? Well, some of the leading things that, that we find happening now is chronic fatigue syndrome ah. um, or, or what's been termed fibromyalgia. Exactly, because that, that word wasn't even around 15, 20 yeah. years ago. You know, and, and that's kind of like a made-up term. <laughs> you know, you look at fibromyalgia, it's pain in, in either the connective tissue or the muscle. Yeah, yeah. pretty much your entire body. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we don't really know what causes it. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> and that's another one. You know, we're, we're seeing huge increases in, in unexplained migraine headaches. Ah, I wondered about that. Yeah. I wondered if there was were more. Because, yeah. because not only are you getting the, the environmental toxins, but like even coffee, like having so much coffee, your poor body starts to break down because, you know, that I know a lot of people that have migraines, myself included. I used to get migraines when I was drinking a lot of coffee. I knew it was bad for me, but I just needed to keep going. And um, I'd get a migraine about every two months. Yeah. And and the thing with uh, toxicity is, you know, as you write on, on your blog, you, you write about cravings. Right, right. It impacts your endocrine system. And if you throw off you know, your blood sugar balance, you are going to crave things that will help, that will try to get it all back into balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the high, highly sugared foods. That's um, right. And so the body is actually, it's trying to do its best, but then it gets, it gets overloaded and um, all the hormones or the uh, whatever's helping it to, um, helping your body stabilize, like your insulin to stabilize your blood sugar gets, all out of whack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it doesn't know what to do. Right. Yeah, it's 
So, um, so, so we've covered, you know, where toxins come from and um, somewhat what we what they do to our bodies. Do you have some advice for us on um, how we can get rid of toxins from our bodies? Well, my my first advice always is is to become aware or, you know, live consciously rather than unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know, start to read labels and, and do research about the things that you're putting into your body or surrounding yourselves with. You know, if you can if you can find things that or materials that you're using that don't outgas as much, you know, choose that. The other things that you can do is the things that you're putting into your body as far as nutrition. Yeah. You talk a lot about that. I do. In your post about um, whole foods, uh, water intake, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But there's a a medical doctor that I really, really like, and she's like the foremost expert in toxicology. Uh, Her name is Dr. Um, Sherry Rogers. And and she looks at how your body detoxifies as far as the nutrients that you put into it. And one of the things that you have to have to increase in your body is glutathione. Glutathione is your your body's natural antioxidant and uh, natural detoxifying. And it's most abundant in your liver. And some of the things that you can do to, to increase um, glutathione is any foods that um, contain sulfur in it. So things like onions, uh, garlic. Oh. You know, those types of foods help to increase um, sulfur compounds within within your body. Mm-hmm. You can also take nutritional supplements that contain N-acetylcysteine. Another good one for people who who's... Uh, you know, suffering from like chronic fatigue and, and all that kind of stuff where they're exposed to a lot of toxins is L-carnitine because um, L-carnitine helps to increase mitochondrial function. So Explain that for our listeners, the myco- mitochondrial function the of the heart, right? Is, yeah, there are these um, these little things in, in your cell that's like the powerhouses of yourself. It's kind of like the um, the power generators in a city and... Toxins really, really attack at that. They lodge into, um, they lodge into your mitochondria and disrupt how how your cells make energy. So then, if you decrease energy, you're going to feel fatigue. So if you if you have um, L-carnitine and N-acetylcysteine, uh, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, um, those types of things, even alpha lipoic acid, those are a good basis to to start with to help help your body, help your cells to function better. And we can't really get these uh, enough of these in the foods now because the foods are so depleted? Yeah, that's, and, and that's a, a whole subject in itself. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you could if uh, he ate like 33 pounds of spinach. Yeah. You know, or drank like a quart of safflower oil to get your baseline amount of vitamin E. But Yeah. Um, can you give us an idea of yourself personally? What you would, um, what you would have in a day? I'm sort of putting you on the spot because we hadn't discussed that before, but um, that might be helpful. Like how how you avoid loading up on toxins. <laughs> well, to start the day, we we have a, um, a house water filtration system. Ah. Because uh, yeah, don't get me started on the, the, <laughs> the things that are in our water. Um, yeah, when I was in when I was in college, we analyzed uh, the water in Oregon. Uh-huh. It was pretty amazing, some of the things that we found in there. 
Really? You know, birth control and all that stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I used to joke around and tell the, the girls in our class, you don't, need, you don't need to buy birth control, just drink the water. Oh, isn't that sad? Well, you know, oh, yeah. that is so that, sad. That strong in there. Mm-hmm. Um, another another thing, uh, brushing your teeth, um, there's a huge controversy with using fluoride because fluoride is a, uh, is a halogen and uh, disrupts your thyroid function as well. Oh right! You know what? I have never, I've never had my kids have fluoride treatments, and I yeah. haven't, I haven't had them. I, I actually had documents from 30 years ago. That was one of the things that really stuck in my brain. You know, don't use fluoride. So yeah, yeah. But people are, yeah. some people are starting to understand that. But um, I just knew it was bad for me, and I wasn't going to touch it. <laughs> yeah, those, those are two of the major things. And then um, looking and, at mm-hmm. you know, the. The shampoos and, and you know conditioners and lotions and potions that you're putting on your body. One of the biggest things is uh, making making sure that those things are paraben free. Uh, parabens have been one of the major causes of tumor growth in uh, breast tissue. So looking for stuff that uh, if it contains you know uh, methyl paraben, isopropyl paraben, those types of compounds they they're used as preservatives. In a lot of the cosmeceutical products. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's lists on on the internet. And have you put any list on your um your website? Not yet. Not yet. I'm yeah. Still compiling a whole bunch of things. Good. Okay. So if people that. if people go to your um to your blog, they'll they'll start to see this kind of information. I don't put a lot of that because I put my emphasis mostly on food. So, yeah. um, but that's great that they, they'll be able to find that there. So you start your day, you always have healthy water because you've got a wonderful filtration system of your own. You don't brush your teeth with anything that has fluoride in it. You don't use, have parabens, parabens in your shampoos and lotions. So those are really, though, even those three tips for our listeners will um, be a great start, right? Yeah. I kind of went through like the average American day, you know, before they leave their house, they're exposed to about 3,000 to 4,000 different chemicals. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. No, no, that's too much. (laughs) That's very, very frightening. No. A a house that's not, uh, that their water isn't filtered, they're exposed to about, you know, a thousand known chemicals, not to mention the ones that they don't know. Hmm. You know, tacking on the other things, you know, from uh, your laundry detergent, the things that are off-gassing from that, and all those things. It came out to about three to 4,000. Yeah, that's pretty um, overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, um, but there's things to, there is a movement, and it's growing yeah. stronger, and people like yourself um, and myself can um, help people become more aware of each of these things. Mm-hmm. Are there? Um, what is your food? Since I'm always interested in food, what um, do you make yourself like an organic green drink and things like that? Yeah, um, I do a lot of juicing. Mm-hmm. I like you know starting off the day with juices and uh, my my biggest tip I. I try not to get like really specific with uh, uh with the fruits and vegetables or whatever because it, sometimes it blows people's minds. But I use general guidelines: dark green stuff. Yes. Um, you know, you're and and throw in a couple um, bright bright colored fruits and vegetables. 
basic guidelines there. Okay. And as far as cooking-wise, I like to stay low heat as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Low heat, long-term cooking, just to kind of allow your body to digest some of the food. Make right. It mm-hmm. And do you... As much um, as possible, we like to do mm-hmm. as much organic as possible. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. As yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Great. That is super. I, I didn't ask this earlier, but I I wanted to say that um, I have people coming to me that say if they um, start cutting out a lot of their junk food and their sugar and their caffeine and everything, they get things like headaches and mm, the withdrawal. All the withdrawals. So maybe you'd like to talk about that a little bit. Okay. I I prefer people not go, not to go cold turkey. Okay. Me too. Um, just because of that aspect. Yes. Because your body has grown accustomed to it. Um, so once you start, you know, your body's accustomed to it, it knows, it, it recognizes that chemical, um, that chemical imprint. Right. So chemical a, imprint. I haven't heard yeah. that before. Ah. Yeah. So a slow tapering. Even, even when, uh, when you start any type of nutritional program. Uh, your body doesn't even recognize that, you know, if you're so toxic. Yeah. You just adding in, you know, proper fruits and vegetables, people get some type of reaction because their body's like, what is that? I know. I find that with people that I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a ramping up and also ramping down for anything. Okay. Whether it's proper food or junk food, that's one of the biggest things to getting off of things. I mean, you know, like if you're <laughs> addicted to, the coffee, if you have like you know six or seven cups a day, mm-hmm. I wouldn't drop down to none or one. You know, start start you know going down. You know, if you're at six, go down to five a day, and you know start working down to four, three, and get down to a place where you're comfortable with it. A lot easier on the body. Yeah, a lot easier, and it doesn't cause a lot of chemical disruption as well. Okay. Okay. So, so it also could be overloading your your elimination or, organs if you do it too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And also with that too, um, especially you know what you, what you're talking about and your focus with cravings, there there's a brain component to it. Yeah. Um, because you know your condition. I, I wrote a I wrote a comment in one of the things that you're talking about with fast food. I said there there was a there's some research done with fast food and, and why they use certain colors. Right. They're advertising. They're using a lot of reds, a lot of oranges, a lot of yellows. And within the brain those colors stimulate digestion. And that's one of the main reasons why they use those colors. Other and the body is not uh, is is okay, so we're not really designed to be a, around that uh, those bright glaring colors and eating fast and digesting fast mm-hmm. and yet that's happening because everything is fast food and so our bodies um, react to that and our digestive mm-hmm. system gets all messed up probably. Yeah, and in nature, those colors are highly significant of sugar. Oh, I that's never thought of that. flowers are those colors. You don't see flowers that are... Um, you know, green. <laughs> right. Or even black or, yeah, or, oh my goodness, that's very fascinating. So, yeah. Or, you know, and uh, even 
um, as far as in the animal kingdom. Yeah. It's always trying to, it's just a, a tractor pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it all, there's a big brain component in there as well. Um, a lot of things that do with people is doing um, brain retraining. Having to do things, um, retraining how the brain processes information. Forming new um, neural pathways. Right, right. Yeah. I had, um, I ha- have a guest speaker who talks about that, well, emotional eating, and um, mm. and she works with people on that, and I've, I find that really fascinating. And there's, yeah. um, even the movie What the Bleep, you know, if yeah. people have seen that, that's fascinating because that does show you exactly how we're so programmed and there's deep grooves of programming in a certain way in all our habits, right? And so then when you change your habit, you have to keep doing the new habit over and over and over so that there's a deep, deeper groove of that. But I guess, I guess that's why because we've still got the old groove there, if we um, get off it, 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 we can we can easily fall back into old habits too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a, a program on PBS called the, the Brain Fitness Program, and they're talking about um, neuroplasticity and how you know that's a it's a negative thing as as we get older. You know, as we get into you know what we call a rut. Yeah, we never use our brain. Mm. Kind of like uh, you know if you go. If you go home the same way every day, you know, from work, you know, you're you're really not thinking about it. It, it becomes an unconscious thing. Right. You're really not using any brain processes. And you know, you see a lot of people being affected with uh, brain disorders that are that are going on now. Hmm. And that's interesting because even even for um, the eyes, my mother was. Um, well, she's got glaucoma, and it has been getting, you know, it's gotten worse. She's 89. But um, about 10 years ago, they really emphasized that she needed to, because she could see enough to read still, um, that she needed to keep reading every single day because in six months she could even lose the ability to recognize words because, because the brain could could just lose it without practice. Yeah. So she needed to keep stimulating herself mm-hmm. uh, and her brain. So definitely. Yeah. So I think um, that is very fascinating. And it's like when I worked for Dr. Paul Bragg, one of his favorite sayings was, "If you don't use it, you lose it." Exactly. That's how your body works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. I've really enjoyed our talk, and I hope we can do this again. Let's talk about toxins. Let's talk about the things that are not supposed to be in your body. And uh, here's what I have to say about toxins. First of all, is that we naturally produce toxins from the things that we are eating. So here's the way you got to look at it. Your body's whole goal with eating food is to produce energy. And the byproduct of producing that energy is a toxic residue. Just like if you get in your car and you step on the gas, you're going to go forward. And that that's what you want to do. You want to get from point A to point B. But in the meantime, the process of burning the fuel will create exhaust. And a well-running car will have the exhaust going out of the car. Now, the bad things that happens is that if the exhaust comes into your car and you start breathing it, 
then you don't want to drive in that car and you're not functioning right. And the same thing happens in your body. Your body wants to get the toxins out of the cell, not in the cell. So we, like I said, we are naturally producing toxins and it's our job to get the toxins out. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is also uh, we're being exposed to toxins in our environment. And, and that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on on, on, this, on this episode. On We're being exposed to all of these external toxins. And it's causing ramifications. It's, it's increasing the toxic load upon our body because, like I said, we're naturally producing toxins. And then we're naturally being exposed to toxins. So we have a double whammy here. And we need to take care of that so that our body can function normally. Because remember, you do not want to be breathing in all of that exhaust. And that's what your cells are doing. They're breathing in all of that excess toxicity. So let let, let me let me step back and, and really define, you know, detoxification, because a lot of people when they hear this, or when you talk to your your healthcare practitioner, and you say, I want to detoxify, they're thinking of frank poisoning, they're thinking of you have been on drugs, or you have been exposed to some type of harmful chemical. And it's causing immediate damage to your body. And you need to get that out right now. What we're talking about with detoxification is actually something more subtle, something what we call bioaccumulation, where you're being exposed to these small amounts of toxins that are not supposed to be in your body. And they're accumulating over time. Kind of like if you're driving down the road and a speck of dust gets on your car one speck of dust doesn't really matter. But if you accumulate specks of dust over time, slowly your car gets dirty. That's what we're talking about with bioaccumulation. So what we need to do is decrease the exposure to these toxins and also make sure that we're constantly washing our car. Now, when we're exposed to toxins, your, your body naturally will excrete it. That, that's what we're supposed to do because you're, you're making toxins naturally. So our bodies are designed to excrete toxins and, and uh, it's able to metabolize these different toxins. The problem becomes when we're exposed to toxins that our body has no idea how to metabolize or how to excrete. Now, these toxins that are foreign to our bodies, that are that our body has no idea what to really do with it, get stored. And it's a process that we call bioaccumulation. And I wanted to talk about two aspects of bioaccumulation that you're going to run into when you talk to people about detoxification and, and the idea of bioaccumulation. So there's the first part is called bioconcentration, where you have a repeat exposure to the same type of toxin and it builds up and piles up over time. So it concentrates. And then the other part is what we call biomagnification. This is when you have, uh, let's say, uh, let's look at the food, uh, the food chain, for example. So you have all these organisms that are eating other organisms, which are bioconcentrating the toxins. Now, as these, uh, these a higher, higher, uh, I guess, guys in the food chain eat the guys in the lower part of the food chain. They magnify the the toxins because it's being bioaccumulated. 
So that's what's happening in our food supply. And all of these toxins are, are stored in, in two major places, which is your fatty tissues and your bone. And that now becomes a problem when we link that to when we, when we see the increase and rise in obesity in the country and in our world. Now, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about where, where and why are we seeing these chemical toxins in our environment? Because the, the majority of all of these toxins that we're seeing and being exposed to nowadays, our bodies weren't designed to excrete and metabolize. So what happened? Why, why all of a sudden did we get exposed to this? Well, the big turning point for our bodies and for the world was World War II. And what happened in World War II, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into the, the, the deep history on this, was basically we invented and we created, we, I'm saying mankind as a whole, not just the United States, but we as mankind, we created about 80,000 different chemicals, 80,000 different chemicals, and we released that into the environment. And, and, and the problem with that was these are all man-made synthetic chemicals that the body has no idea how to excrete or metabolize. So if it doesn't excrete or metabolize, what does it do? It stores it. And where does it store it? Stores it in your fatty tissues or your bones. So here we have the exhaust that your body has no idea how to get out and we keep breathing it in. So our cells keep breathing in some type of exhaust. Now the problem becomes when you're breathing in your own exhaust and you're taking in others' exhaust as well. It's not a fun situation. Now these toxins now become what we call carcinogens. We classify them as cancer-causing agents. That's where we start getting into issues because these toxins now create some type of genetic mutation in our, in our own DNA. And that's why we see the rise of all of these different types of diseases out here. So World War II, man, we, we, we started seeing all of these foreign chemicals being released into the environment. And a lot of it, you know, you look at World War II, a lot of it was used as chemical warfare. And that's, that's the majority of our initial exposure. We were using this for chemical warfare. And then, uh, especially, let's take a look in Japan. When, when they started using this as chemical warfare, all of these chemicals were used to destroy the rice crops in Japan. And the problem with these chemicals is that they stick around. It's not like you just release them and then they evaporate and go out into space and they never, ever return. They stick around. This is what we call persistent organic pollutants, POPs or POPs. They stick around. So if they stick around in the environment, they sure stick around in your body and they wreak havoc. That was the whole goal of, of all these chemicals is chemical warfare to kill somebody, right? So if we're being exposed to it and its whole purpose was to kill somebody and we're being exposed to it and it's bioaccumulating in our bodies, we got issues. So luckily, the World Health Organization started to see that this this is becoming a problem and, and and really it only happened because there was a a lady uh, who wrote this book called the silent spring and her her book that she wrote on on silent spring was really 
to expose what was happening to wildlife because of these chemical toxins in the environment. And she, she exposed on how um, reproductive patterns, hormonal patterns, and all of these issues that were popping up with wildlife. So th this kind of went on. And then the World Health, World, World Health Organization, United Nations, they all got together and they put this list together called the Dirty Dozen and they banned the Dirty Dozen. And, and here, let me name off the list for you. Um, dioxins, PCBs, aldrin, chlordane, dieldrin, endrin, heptachlor, HCB, Myrex, Toxaphene, Furans, and DDT. And a lot of these you, you're probably not familiar with, nor will you ever be exposed to it directly right now because they're banned. Um, but they didn't, they took one off the list. So off of this dirty dozen, they still allowed one of them, which is called DDT. And DDT is, is a chemical that they use for mosquito control. And they deemed that DDT was still necessary to control the spread of malaria in developing countries. So they said, well, let's just spray this in developing countries and we'll isolate the exposures there. Problem becomes when there's this thing called the jet stream. And the jet stream will blow this DDT all throughout the world. So we're all being exposed to this. And, and they did studies where they, they biopsy tissues of, uh, of, of Alaskan Eskimos. Is that, a, is that a correct term? Or native Eskimos? I don't know the correct term for that. I think it's, it's Inuits. I'm, I'm sorry. If I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I'm a, um, I'm a native Hawaiian myself and we get mixed up with names all the time. But they, they, they biopsy the, these tribe members that were basically living in the same way that they were they've been living for thousands of years meaning that they had no voluntary exposure to these toxins because their diet consisted of what they lived off on the land and the surprising fact was they, was they had tons and tons of carcinogenic compounds in their fatty tissues and it's all because of environmental exposure through through the jet streams and uh, another thing was they had to drill down in, in the, um, I think the Antarctic, they drilled down and they had to drill down over a mile deep to find ice that was not contaminated with environmental toxins. A mile deep into the ice core, guys, to f not find toxins. So imagine that the far reaching places of the earth still being affected by these toxins. Imagine what we're being exposed to, okay? So there's various sources of toxins that we're exposed to. We have physical toxins. We have um, spiritual toxins is a real big one that a lot of people don't really think about. Emotional toxins. We have electromagnetic toxins, geothermal stuff, um, geopathic. All of these things affect our body. And to step back, let me define what a toxin really is. A toxin is something that creates free radical damage or basically speeds up the oxidative process in your body. So basically what you're doing is you're speeding up your body rusting from the inside out. That's basically what toxins do or they block some type of natural biochemical process in your body. Um, so if you have 
if you have a chemical that's speeding up the aging process or it's creating a blockage in the natural process of your biochemistry, that's what we deem as a toxin. So in the next section, we're going to talk about uh, some of the signs and symptoms to or for why you need to be detoxifying and why, and if you know that you're toxic. All right, so here are the typical signs and symptoms that you need to be aware of so that you'll know that these are signs of toxicity. And let me say, uh, I'm, I'm putting together all of the, these episodes to give you guys a template so that you can know where to begin your healing process. Okay, so it all begins, guys, with detoxification. Um, because if you are toxic, it's affecting every part of your body. So remember, I said toxins will speed up the aging process, the oxidative process, and it'll block the natural biochemical processes in your body. So if you're blocking a natural function in your body, you're going to have a symptom that's saying that your body's not functioning properly and it'll manifest in any of these ways. So look at this sinusitis, post nasal drip. That's a sign. A metallic taste in your mouth, any type of recurring infections or upper respiratory infections, uh, burning of your skin, feeling like something's creepy crawling on your skin, any type of abdominal gastrointestinal complaint, fatigue, headaches, joint pains. This is kind of this is beginning to sound like some pharmaceutical commercial, right? Uh, if you're experiencing any of these side effects, please consult your physician. Just kidding. Uh, joint pains, mood swings, emotional imbalance. Holy cow. This is a real big one for a lot of people in our society. Mood swings and emotional imbalance. Uh, brain fog, not being able to think clearly. Uh, sudden urges to urinate, ringing in the ears or dizziness. Not wanting to be around people. How many of you guys know people like that? changes in lung capacity all of a sudden you know like over time you're just like i just can't breathe anymore i can't get in the deep breath um cardiac issues arrhythmias um high blood pressure sluggish liver and gallbladder which is i mean that's if you look at it that's that's a kind of a given right if you're increasing in toxins you're going to increase the load on the liver and the gallbladder so those are typical signs and symptoms. Basically, what I say to every single patient is that the thing that you're going through, all that it is, is an accumulation of toxins in that organ. So say you have some type of organic dysfunction, disease, pancreatitis, right? That's just an accumulation of toxins in that organ that's blocking the natural function of that biochemical process, or it's speeding up the the aging, the, the the oxidative damage to that organ, the tissues, the cells. That's basically it. It's pretty simple. You know, I mean, we, we try to make things too complicated uh, on, on how our body is dysfunctioning. And here's me getting on the soapbox for a couple seconds. We have created a society that wants to name things, to call, to call something a disease. I don't know why, but I think it's, it's for other purposes rather than healing. 
But we like to name things and then throw a pill at it and say, well, you have this disease and this disease matches up with this pill. Unfortunately, that's not the way that the body works because you can be having signs and symptoms and it's not even related to that area. You know, I've seen people have gastrointestinal systems, gastrointestinal symptoms, I should say, and it's not even in the stomach or the the, the small intestine. It, it's happening somewhere else. It could be a neurological issue. It could be it could be a, a stress issue. So we we can't just look at the body and say, well, A plus B equals C. We can't we can't look at it that way. We have to take a step back and look at what's the causative factors. And it's pretty simple if if you really know how to navigate the body. It all starts with toxicity, and, and that's really the reason why the body starts to break down in proper function. Toxicity breaks down natural body biochemical processes, okay? And, um, and, and what we do, and this is the fallacy of where we've gone in, in Western medicine, is we're treating, we're treating issues that are toxic-based with more toxins, that's when we start running into even more issues. So you have a symptom and you take a toxin, which is what every single pharmaceutical drug is. It's a toxin compound to your, to your system. And we treat it with a toxin. And, it, and, and that toxin that we're taking in voluntarily creates other issues. And we need more toxins in the form of drugs to treat those other symptoms. So... The next section, we're going to talk about the, the best ways I recommend to my patients to detoxify your body. All right, let's get into the ways I give my patients to detoxify. I'm going to give this to you guys, but first we have to understand how the body detoxifies. So really quickly, there are two phases of detoxification and I add in phase three as well. Um, phase one and phase two is what's commonly taught in, 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 in textbooks, but I like to add in phase three. So basically, this is how I, I, I explain the phases of detoxification. Phase one is like you're going through your house and you're looking for all the trash to bag up. You're going around, you're scavenging out and saying, hey, look, this is trash. And you're taking it up and you're putting it in, in trash bags. That's phase one, right? You're, you're taking all, you're gathering all the trash, putting it in trash bags. Phase two is where you take those trash bags that are all piled up in your house and you're taking it out into the trash receptacles and putting it on the street, waiting for the garbage man to come out. Okay, so phase two, is all it's all bagged up now you're taking all the trash out into the streets and waiting for mr trash man to come and take it away phase three is the trash man coming down the street picking up the trash that you took out of your house taking it away and getting rid of it putting it in the landfills whatever they're going to do with the trash that's basically the three phases of detoxification now what usually happens is that people will get bogged up in any of the uh, transitions to the different phases so sometimes you can be good at bagging up the trash, but then nobody takes it out of the house. So the trash bags just accumulate in your house. Or you're good at bagging it up. You're good at taking it out on the street, but the trash men are on strike. Nobody's coming around to take out the trash. So now 
your streets gets all polluted with all these trash bags. So what we have to do in a detoxification program is make sure that all three phases are being addressed. That's what we need to do for a proper detoxification program. Because I see a lot of people get on these fad detox programs and they're not addressing all three phases. So some some detox programs may be geared at trend the, the you know getting from phase one to phase two that transitory phase that transitory state I should say and and then they get bogged down with constipation so the trash never really gets taken out and then what you do is the trash starts piling back up and it backs up into your house so that's not effective and then others that are just focused on increasing phase two to phase three which you're just increasing the rate of the trash men coming coming around the community, but nobody bothered to pick up the trash in the house. That's when we got problems as well, because if there's no trash for the trash men to pick up, you're just going to be wasting away the natural things that your body needs. So you're just getting rid of stuff that the body doesn't that the body doesn't necessarily need to excrete. So you're losing the vital things in your body. Okay, so we got to focus on all three phases of detoxification. There's three main routes of detoxification, which is through defecation, which is your poop, urination, which is your pee, and respiration, which is your breathing. So that's how your body naturally gets rid of toxins, poop, pee, and breathing. If those three main routes are, are congested, bogged down, your body will then go to a secondary route, which is through your skin. And this is why we see a lot of people who have skin issues and they're trying skin remedies where they're using lotions, potions, creams, all of this stuff. And their skin issues never go away because it's not necessarily a skin issue. It's a toxin issue. Your body's three main routes of detoxification are backed up. We got to go back, right? We got to go back. We got to look at the different phases. Then we got to look at the routes of detoxification, right? So if your body can't get rid of the toxins in its normal way, it'll go towards a secondary route because keeping the cells functioning properly is of utmost importance. So your body will do whatever it needs to get rid of the toxins, whatever means possible, even if it means creating issues on your skin. So remember, if you have skin issues, it's not a skin issue per se. It's some type of toxin issue. So with that said, the first way that I always recommend to patients on detoxification is an elimination diet and a detoxification nutrition program. So the elimination diet is exactly what it sounds like. You're eliminating the common offenders. And, and the common offenders that, that we always look at is wheat, corn, dairy, soy, those are the common, common, um, you know, culprits there. And eggs, sometimes, those are, those are culprits in, in the elimination, um, elimination process. And then we got to look at what kind of foods are we putting in our body? So here's the way you look at it. You got to take out the things that's going to be causing more toxicity and more stress upon your system and then you need to put in things that will enhance phase one, phase two, and phase three. Okay, so you want to be eating a more plant-based diet. 80 to 90% of your diet will be plant-based. Now, 
you don't have to get all technical with does it have to be raw does it have to be steamed or whatever uh, in the initial phases most people's guts cannot take and we're going to talk about digestive health in, in a few more episodes but most people can't take a, a 100% raw diet because we don't have enough of the digestive enzymes to break down the raw foods because we've obliterated it all, you know, and that's basically what happened. So we need to just be getting in good foods in the beginning. We're decreasing the toxic load on our body. So if you need to steam the vegetables, then then, then steam it, you know. So detoxification uh, nutrition program is of utmost importance for the first step. And then, you know, you can, you can also supplement with stuff. Um, I won't get into the whole supplement aspects of it all, but some good things to be doing is boosting glutathione. Um, that's usually one of the greatest sources I, I see in, in practice that I use is through undenatured whey protein. Um, also things like N-acetylcysteine that will help uh, in, increase phase one to phase two. Okay. Uh, milk thistle is another great one for adding into a detox nutrition program. So that was the first way. First way, illumination diet and a detoxification nutrition program. Second way is through an infrared sauna. And infrared saunas, that, that's one of my favorite tools to use in the office for detoxification program because that affects pretty much all the, all the phases and all the routes of detoxification for your body. And one of the big issues that we see and where people back up is is between phase two and phase three. So they're doing they're doing really good to increase phase one to phase two. So they're bagging up all the trash because most people are going on detox programs, right? And they bag up the trash, but they're not getting it out. They're the the, the, the trash man's is not coming out, or or if the trash man is coming around, there's just so much toxins out that it can't keep up. So what infrared saunas do is that they increase the body's circulation, they increase the body's uh, rate of the of in of lymphatic flow, sorry, couldn't say that word, getting rid of the lymphatic fluids, which is carrying the toxins out into uh, out into circulation to get rid of it. So it increases that um, it also increases the body's ability to get rid of toxins through the secondary route, through your skin. So you perspire and get rid of toxins there. And, and you're primarily getting rid of heavy metals. And that's one of the real big, big bonuses with the infrared saunas is that it gets rid of heavy metal toxins. And heavy metal toxins are linked towards all kinds of neurodegenerative diseases. So infrared saunas, we use that in our office. And and then what patients do is a lot of them actually just purchase their own home sauna so that they can use a sauna on a daily basis. And this has been very, very instrumental for a lot of um, a lot of chronic degenerative diseases that we see in our office for their recovery is getting getting one in their home and using it on a daily basis. So second way is infrared sauna. Now the third way, this has been around for quite a while, which is coffee enemas. And a lot of people who are well-versed in detoxification and uh, natural remedies have heard about coffee enemas. Uh, if you haven't, 
you need to you need to look into it and um, we're going to do a, a video on how to do coffee enemas i'm not going to show you guys the coffee enema procedure but we want to educate you on why the coffee enema is so important and, and how to, i'm going to do the video on the preparation not the actual application for for those of you guys who are wondering like oh my gosh are we going to see the actual enema itself no 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 we're not going to get into that but when when um it, this actually used to be um part of hospital procedures in, in uh, i think it was in the late 1970s it was actually in the Merck manual as a, a standard procedure for detoxification in a hospital setting so basically what happens is that you you're using and you have to use organic coffee, by the way, because if you're not, then you're using coffee that has a lot of pesticides and you're just putting more toxins back into your body. So organic coffee, we like to use S.A. Wilson's. If you go onto our website, we have uh, we have we have a link, one of our affiliate links to S.A. Wilson's. You guys can go and get get that. And S.A. Wilson's is one of the best organic coffees, and it's specifically designed for coffee enemas. So. You do the coffee enema and what happens is your colon absorbs the coffee and then it goes straight to the liver and causes the liver to pump out the toxins and it's a great way to get the toxins out very quickly. And for those who are severely ill, sometimes we make you do it like two to three times a day. And one of the, uh, I guess, the one that exposed this the most in, in a treatment protocol was Max Gerson, Dr. Max Gerson uh, of the Gerson Therapy and he's treated all kinds of degenerative diseases. He's well known for dealing with cancer patients that have been given no hope. And he's had miraculous recoveries with patients from that. And um, I personally have been able to see those miraculous recoveries with uh, a handful of uh, you know our patients as well. And this is one of the ways that we use for detoxification. Now, um, other things that you want to do is I, I've talked about this in, in the Periscope episode is you want to decrease the, your toxin load and the major toxin load that we're being exposed to today is from pesticides. All these pesticide residues on the produce that we're eating because and, and, and I'm seeing a lot more um, pesticide uh, exposure not necessarily because we're seeing more pesticides being sprayed, but we're seeing a lot of, and, and here's, here's the funny thing, we're seeing a lot of people wanting to become healthier. So they're consuming more vegetables and, and fruits, which is a good thing, but they're also not consuming organic ones. They're just consuming fruits and vegetables, which have been sprayed with tons of pesticides. So I'm seeing a lot more people in the, in the course of wanting to become healthier, actually getting sicker. And it's because of these pesticides exposure. So a great way is to make your own pesticide wash. You can actually buy these. You can go to, you know, like Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Mothers. They all sell pesticide washes, but you can make them at home. Um, so you take one cup of clean water, okay, clean spring water, and one cup of distilled white vinegar, a tablespoon of baking soda, and a half of a squeezed, freshly squeezed organic lemon. Now, when you mix the baking soda and the vinegar, note of caution that it will create a volcanic reaction. So you'll start to see the bubbles. So if you guys remember in, in elementary school, 
we used to make those volcanoes. This is how we made the volcanoes. It was baking soda and, and vinegar. So when you mix those two together, it'll start to bubble, bubble up, let the bubbles die down, then add in the fresh lemon, stir up all the contents, everything will, will dissolve and it'll create a solution. And then you can put this in a, in a spray bottle. And then how you use it is when you get your produce at home, you spray the produce, put it in like a little, a little bowl or something like that. Spray the produce, leave it in the bowl for about five minutes. And then five minutes later, come back and then wash off, wash off all the stuff that you sprayed on. And what it'll do is it'll, it'll dissolve all of those pesticide residues. So you're not consuming it and you're not making your body sicker in, 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 in the process of you wanting to become healthier, right? That's like the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate oxymoron. I'm trying to get healthier and I'm eating fruits and vegetables, but I'm getting sicker and sicker. So again, my three ways to detoxify elimination diet, detoxification nutrition program, number two, infrared saunas, and number three, coffee enemas. And, uh, I created a little cheat sheet for you guys on how to do those things. So if you go to, if you go to the blog and you, uh, actually we're calling it, we're calling it blogs nowadays rather than the, the show notes. Cause I, I was on a podcast, um, a podcast episode once and the guy said, we should stop calling it show notes because nobody knows what show notes. Everybody knows what a, what a blog is. So the blog posts correlated with this podcast episode. It's not called show notes anymore, guys. But with that said, just go there. There's a cheat sheet for you guys to take a look at, and it'll have all of the stuff that I just said. All right, so if you started to do a detoxification program and you start running into some issues, which majority of people will run into it's very common you'll start to know uh, you'll start to notice some of these signs that starts popping up as you start to detoxify stuff like fatigue constipation joint pains gas bloating heart palpitations all of this stuff that just doesn't feel right and, and you start to think to yourself oh my gosh i don't like this detoxification because of all these symptoms note that that is actually a normal process uh, sometimes you go through what's called a Herxheimer's reaction, where you uncover all of these signs and symptoms that wasn't necessarily taken care of when it happened. So your body is trying to get rid of it now. It sees it sees the opportunity, takes it, and gets rid of the naturally stored gunk in your body. And you start going through these things. Other things is that when you start noticing these symptoms, it's basically a sign that your body's doing what it's supposed to be doing, or it's a sign that you have a route of detoxification clogged up. So if, if you're cleaning your house, you're going to kick up some dirt. You're going to kick up some dust through the process of cleaning out your house. So this is a normal process, but you also have to understand, especially if you're, you're constipated, um, you, you need to know that you are getting bogged down between phase two and phase three. So you got to make sure that you're well hydrated and that you are doing everything to increase bowel movements. Now, if you guys need help, feel free, feel free to reach out to me, um, Dr. Mike, Dr. Mike at whatupdocuniversity.com. And, uh, we can, we can see what we can do for you. 
to help you out with this. Now, let me recap what we went through this episode. We talked about we are being exposed to toxins every single day. We have 80,000 plus man-made chemicals that, that we're being exposed to on a daily basis and that we need to be detoxifying on a regular basis. So I usually recommend, like I said, biannually, or uh, if you're even, if you're, if you're really sick, you may need to be doing this on a monthly basis to get your body back to normal. We talked about the three best ways to detoxify, the elimination diet, detoxification nutrition program, infrared saunas and coffee enemas. Uh, taught you guys how to make your own pesticide wash so that you can you can decrease the toxin exposure that you know that that you're naturally being exposed to you know or voluntarily being exposed to and then some of the signs and symptoms that you may experience doing a detoxification program in this episode we're going to be going over a little bit of a, this will kind of be a, be a reminder of some of the topics that we talked about before and at the beginning of the year, everybody's setting brand new resolutions. One of the most common one is weight loss. But we're not going to talk about weight loss in this episode. We're going to talk about the thing that we need to look at before we even start addressing the weight loss. And weight loss is one of those, those, those big issues or, or one of the common things that I see people for. You know, people they're like, hey, doc, I need to lose weight or the extra weight is causing me this chronic health disease. And what what I always focus on first before we even look at weight loss is detoxification. And that's, that's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. We talked about it in a couple previous episodes and I want you guys to go back. I'll put those links up in the show notes. But I wanted to talk about detoxification and, and jumping a little bit more into it. I want to give you guys a couple of, a couple actionable steps to, that you guys can take before you guys start partaking in a, a, a weight loss program, or if you're already in it, what you can do to even enhance that. All right, let's take a look at that. So let's look at even the reasons why we need to detoxify. Well, as you guys already know, I'm a big proponent for detoxification. And the reason is we live in a toxic world. Take a look around this, guys. I mean, you see pollution everywhere. You see smog. Um, you you can you can smell it in the water. You you see it in the foods that we're eating with the pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. We're being bombarded by toxins all around. And it's been estimated that by the time you from from when you wake up to by the time you leave your home, you're being exposed to about three thousand to four thousand adverse chemicals that can affect your body and really bring your health down. You know, I, I read an article on CNN, and I'll put a, a link to this um, in the show notes. It said that the, these five toxins are everywhere. Okay, these five toxins are everywhere. You can't escape these. The first one was BPA. These are, these are found in all the plastics, you know? I mean, we're always being exposed to plastics, and thankfully, they're becoming more aware that BPA is a very bad thing, so they're taking that out of the plastics. Second one, another one that's also found in, th- uh, in, in plastic called phthalates. And uh, phthalates is one of the things that they inject into plastics to make it more malleable so that you can actually bend the plastics. This is what makes plastic plasticky. Okay, so phthalates. Phthalates is really bad for for your for your cells, especially for women. You know, it's been found that in, in, in a lot of uh, breast cancers, 
the tumors itself has huge amounts of phthalate uh, product um, uh, storage, you know, within the within the cells. So you got to stay away from phthalates. Number three was PFOA, perfluorooctanoic acid, PFOAs. This is found in Teflons, all the non-stick stuff, water repellent. Uh, and, you know, almost every single home has some type of Teflon, uh, water repellent things. The fourth one is formaldehyde. This is found in, oh gosh, almost everywhere. You know, the furnitures that are in our homes, uh, if you have anything that's made out of press wood, there's formaldehyde in that. For those who partook in the New Year's uh, drinking festivities, formaldehyde's most of them is found in, in, in a lot of the alcohols or, or your body turns it into formaldehyde. And then the last one was PBDEs or polybrominated biphenyl ethers. These are your flame retardants. This is commonly found in, in beds. Uh, you know, I see a lot of patients that come in and a lot of them are saying that they're, they're living clean lives and they're being toxified by their beds. So there's things that you can do to make sure that these toxins are not getting into your system. And if there already are, we're going to talk about what do we do to get it out. Well, let's first talk about what are some of the signs and symptoms that you are toxic, okay? Uh, you know, I, I see patients, uh, you know, that has all kinds of different diseases and the commonality, the commonality behind all diseases is an accumulation of toxins, into the tissues and wherever those toxins accumulate is where you have the disease. So if you have abundance of toxicity within the pancreas, you'll have some type of pancreatic disease, whether it's pancreatitis or diabetes, it's just an abundance of toxicity there. If you have an abundance of toxins that stored in the brain, you can have dementia, Alzheimer's, you can have even just a, a lack of being able to remember things, okay? Uh, if you look at almost every single disease, there's a component of toxicity in there. So you can have symptoms of fatigue, hyperactivity, um, chronic headaches, fuzzy thinking, uh, metallic taste in your mouth is another big one, uh, restless legs, um, difficulty sleeping, either staying asleep or going to sleep, uh, unexplained muscle aches, joint stiffness, joint aches, swelling of the joints, uh, puffiness in the face, fingers, uh, you know, in, in your feet, uh, recurring um, sinus infections is another big one. Actually, recurring infections overall is a sign of overabundance of toxicity. Uh, have you guys ever seen people who just have that look in their eyes as glassy and it's no, it's not because they're smoking an herbal remedy. They just have glassy, spaced out looks. Uh, that's a sign of toxicity as well. Um, what is another one? Uh, having to chronically clear your throat. You ever see, you have those friends that always have to uh, clear their throat because they have that, that post nasal drip? Sign of toxicity as well. If you have any type of skin issue, a chronic skin issue, that's toxins trying to get out of the pores and irritating the pores. Asthma is another one, you know, breathing issues. Um, any type of digestive issues, whether it's heartburn, intestinal gas, constipation, diarrhea, halitosis, bad breath. Um, let's see, a heartbeat, irregular heartbeats. You know, so a lot of people don't relate that, but irregular heartbeats has been linked towards overabundance of toxicity. Uh, let's get into some of the emotional uh, parts. 
So I being highly irritable. If you're around a person, they're very highly irritable. You know, they go off at, you know, the snap of a finger. Sign of toxicity. Uh, inability to speak hoarseness. And on and on and on. Almost every single thing that you, you feel your body not functioning the way that it's supposed to, it's a sign of toxicity. So whenever a patient comes into my office, the first place we always start off is detoxification. Now, it's kind of popular, you know, around, yeah, I, I read a lot of health blogs. I see a lot of uh, different health podcasts, um, different health gurus out there talking about detoxification. It's become very popular these days. And I see a lot of detoxification systems, um, one, you know, one-off products that, that talk about, oh, this is the, the magic bullet for detoxification. And a lot of them, aren't doing it properly. You know, there's there's a physiological way that you need to detoxify. And a lot of the products or these systems that that tout detoxification really they don't they're they're not really doing much. You know, they're basically a, you know, a colon cleanse. And in my opinion and from a clinical standpoint, I see that they're actually causing more harm than good. So th- there's good intentions, but Intentions all doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a great outcome. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I want to give you guys just a general outline. It's going to be very general, by the way, uh, a general outline of what we use in our clinic as far as a step sequence on how to detoxify. Okay. But before that, you know, people always ask, well, where, where do I get toxins from? Well, there, there's, there's four main um, four main components or, or four main areas that I see toxicity coming from. One is your, your physical toxins. Um, this is, these are the ones that, you know, we know that we just talked about, you know, the, the chemicals and all that stuff that, that those are pretty obvious. The next one is emotional toxins. And these, the next, these next three are the ones that we kind of overlook. You know, we don't think about the emotional toxins. Um, you know, the, the aberrant thinking patterns, how we think the wrong thoughts over and over and over again, you know, s- stuff like worry or grief or being angry. All these emotions actually create a physiological response. If you read the book, Molecules of Emotion by Candace Perch, she talks about this, how every single thought relates to some type of neural peptide being produced in the body. And if you have an overabundance of these negative thought patterns, or even just a, a singular thought pattern that's being thought of over and over called auto-suggestion, you can actually emotionally toxify the body with these neuropeptides, okay? So this is, this is one area that needs to be addressed. The next one is spiritual toxins. And this can, this can also come from, you know, the, the standpoint of, well, uh, I, I, I believe something on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, it doesn't resonate with me. You know, I'm sticking to a belief system regardless of what I know and feel to be right. And I see this a lot, you know, in, in practice of spiritual toxicity. And this is something that needs to be addressed as well. And then the, the last one, which we're slowly coming to look at as being a viable source of toxicity. And, you know, before, this was like kind of like shunned off to the side, which is electrotoxins or electrosmog and how dirty electricity 
um, radio frequencies, the stuff flying through the air that we can't see, how it's affecting our bodies. So this is becoming a really big issue. So the four again are physical toxins, emotional toxins, spiritual toxins, and electrotoxins. And there's other stuff that falls into place like geomag uh, geopathic stressors, you know, which is coming from the earth and all these stuff. But these are the four major ones that I deal with in practice. So now let's get into the nitty gritty of how do we start getting rid of this stuff? So the way you have to look at it is all the, all the toxins accumulate within the cells. So you, if the cells start accumulating it, they don't work properly. And the way you have to visualize this is that a cell is like your house and your house sits in a community and the community is the organ, okay? And if one house starts to get toxic, that doesn't necessarily bother the community. But if each house within the community, so each cell, right, if they're all getting toxified because there's a source of toxicity coming in. What happens to the entire community if all of the houses are being filled up with trash? Well, the community doesn't function properly. So we have to start within the house itself, okay? So we have to start within the cell and getting all the garbage out of the cell and then we have to, once we get it out of the cell, we have to bag it up properly so that the garbage men that come around can take it away nicely. What a lot of these detoxification programs do is they just send in the garbage men and there's no garbage to pick up on the street because the people running the homes weren't instructed on how to bag up their trash properly. Okay. So where we have to start first, okay, again, let's look at the community. We have this community and uh, the trash is starting to fill up in the streets. Now, if the trash is filled up in the streets, it's very difficult for the garbage men to come around and pick up all the trash. So what we got to do is we got to start cleaning up the streets first. So the first place we start in every single detoxification program is opening up all of the channels of elimination. Okay, what we call clearing out the channels. So what we need to do is open up the, the, the channels, which, which is the organs that get the toxins out. Okay? So the first place I actually start patients off with is we, we, we look at their current diet and we start off with an elimination diet. Okay? We're going to pull out all the stuff so we stop putting more trash in the street. Then we want to go on an elimination diet. Okay? Now, the, after the elimination diet, we, we want to start getting into clearing, right? We want to clear out these routes of detoxification. So there are three major routes that we want to focus on that, you know, we can address. First one is your colon. We got to make sure that the colon is cleared out. You know, there was a, a, a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Bernard Jensen, who was very, very adamant about clearing out the colon, and, and he devised a program that would actually cleanse out the colon. And, and he, his whole belief, which was proven, by the way, his whole belief was that inside of the colon, there was a mu mucus layer that would build up and hold toxins within this mucus layer. And that in order to be an effective detoxification program, 
you actually had to get that mucus layer off of the walls. So it's kind of like you're going into the pipes of your body, you know, of your house, and you got to scrub off all that grime that was built up. So he created this program, and what it would do is eat away at this mucoid plaque. And not to get graphic here, but you would actually poop out this mucoid plaque. And some of the times it would be like four to five, six feet long of this black. It looks like this long snake, this rubbery snake. And this was part of clearing out the colon, you know, and this is where it all starts. Because if one, if you're constipated, you're not getting rid of the toxins. And if you're constipated, you're actually not just getting written, not not getting rid of the toxins, you're actually reabsorbing the toxins. Kind of gross, right? So this is is called auto-intoxication. You're trying to get rid of the toxins, but the guys taking out the trash, all they do is they go around the block and they come back and put the trash right back where it started. That's what happens when you're constipated. And and the number one cure for constipation, getting hydrated. You got to drink more water. So we're going to talk about that. So the first rod is, is, is the colon. Next rod is your kidneys. The kidneys will filter out a lot of the other toxins, the, the water-soluble toxins, and get that out of your body as quickly as possible. Problem is, you're going to see a very common pattern here, guys. The problem is most people aren't hydrated enough. So if you're not hydrated enough, you're not going to urinate enough. And you're just going to hold those toxins in. So, I mean, we're going back to that analogy of the of the community, okay? You gotta clear out the the streets. And sometimes you gotta pressure wash the streets. You gotta actually flood the streets. So in the beginning part of your detoxification program, you gotta get rehydrated. So we're gonna start with the elimination diet. We're gonna eliminate the common offenders, which is usually wheat, corn, dairy, soy, eggs. We're gonna eliminate those and we're gonna increase water intake, okay? I usually recommend for the average person, about one liter for every 50 pounds of body weight and one liter bonus on top of that, okay? So for the average person, 150 pounds, you could be drinking three liters plus one, so four liters total at the beginning part of your detoxification program. Your body's gonna need a lot more water. And just by doing those two things, eliminating the common offenders, wheat, corn, dairy, soy, and eggs, and hydrating your body, you're going to start to feel a lot, lot better. You're going to start to notice your skin to improve, uh, energy levels, digestion, just by those two things, okay? Because we focused on, you know, we're focusing on the colon and the kidneys. And the third one is lymphatics. So your lymphatics is what pumps out all the waste. You want to get that to get, you know, the lymphatics is, is, is the streets, okay? So we want to be able to pump and flow the lymphatics. The, the interesting thing about the lymphatics is it doesn't have its own pump like, you know, like the heart does, right? The heart pumps out the blood into circulation, but the lymphatics, which is the basically the opposite of the circulatory or the other part of the circulatory system, this part of the body doesn't have any pumps. It relies on muscle contraction, muscle movement. So, Elimination diet, getting hydrated, and also movement. So even just something like walking for 20 minutes a day, that's going to stimulate the movement in your body. And there's going to be other, other things that we can do, um, but I, I'm not going to get all into that today. 
Okay, so we covered colon, we covered kidneys, we covered the lymphatics. Those are the routes of detoxification. Then we want to then we want to get to the detoxification plants. Okay, we cleared out the streets. Now we want to instruct each cell how to bag up the trash. We want to tell each cell that there is trash within, you know, the rooms of the house, and that's where we're going to focus on the liver. And we're going to focus on the liver. The liver, what it does is it, it helps to take out all of the, all of the harmful toxins and makes it non-toxic. Okay. And then we're going to look at the, uh, the, there's basically three other categories that we want to address that we want to help the cells to get rid of. Okay. One is heavy metals. Next one is persistent organic pollutants. These are like your pesticides, insecticides, herbicides. All of the ides, you know, these different chemicals and solvents and, uh, and the man-made stuff, you know. And if you listen to the other episode, you'll hear me when I talk about that. After World War II, over 80,000 different man-made chemicals were released into the environment. And, and these chemicals, our body has no idea how to get rid of it. So if it doesn't know how to get rid of it, it stores it. And it stores it within the cellular matrix, right? So either within the, the connected tissues itself or within the cell itself, that's a bad thing, right? It's kind of like we're storing the, the trash. We don't know what to, where to put it. There's no landfills. The landfills are all filled up. So we just leave it out in the, in the streets and then it starts backflowing into the homes, okay? So we got to look at heavy metals and persistent organic pollutants and then parasites, okay? The, these three go hand in hand. If if I see huge amounts of parasites, I know that there's heavy metals and persistent organic pollutants. They all go hand in hand. So we got to make sure that we're doing doing things to get rid of these heavy metals. Uh, stuff like buffer vitamin C, um, glutathione is going to be really good to, to help getting rid of um, the heavy metals, persistent organic pollutants. Chlorella is another good one. Uh, cilantro, good for heavy metals, you know, specifically like mercury. And then parasites don't like wormwood. Now, the thing with a parasitic detoxification is you have to cycle it. Okay, you're gonna do like a two week on, two week off, two week on. So it's gonna be about a total of six weeks for parasitic cleanses. And total for a detoxification program that I that I put patients through is anywhere between two to four months of getting rid of and clearing out the body. Okay. So let me refresh again. We got to start with the elimination diet. We're going to hydrate. Okay? We're going to hydrate. We're going to get some movement. And then we are going to do, start adding in nutrients like you know, increasing glutathione, vitamin C, and then taking stuff like wormwood that will actually help to get. If you made it this far in this episode, congratulations. Um, I want to say it's been an hour and a half worth of material here. So congratulations for sitting through it. Hopefully you guys got something out of it. Here's what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to write out a post and put it on Instagram. And I want you to tag me on the post. What I want you to do is I want you to list down the three things that you're going to do to work on establishing either a cleaner home, cleaner lifestyle, and what you're going to do to detoxify. And tag me on it on Instagram, at Triple Play Doc. I want to see 
what you guys are doing. If you're tired of being sick and tired and you know, you're on endless medications, not getting the proper care and attention for your health, what I want you to do is maybe think about setting up a consultation with me. I do offer online consultations. Complimentary, we'll sit down for 20 minutes over Zoom and we'll discuss. First, you'll fill out a form. It'll kind of let me know what's going on with you. And then once you schedule that, we'll sit down over Zoom. I'll take a look at it. You'll tell me what's going on. We'll talk about it more and we'll see if you're fit for one of my programs. So what I want you to do is there should be either a link in my uh, show notes here or you can just go to www.tripleplayperformance.co forward slash online consulting. That's www.tripleplayperformance.co forward slash online consulting. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at tripleplaydoc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and aloha.